uh, we end up at six or fifth or, or or whatever the case may be, or if we end up in the you know the playoff, uh, whatever that thing is, whoever came up with that uh, need to be fired. Um, but whatever. of That's a Wrap Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jay Rosales. We are recording this on Friday, May the 7th. It is officially, unofficially, the end of the Raptors' play-in chances. I don't know how you guys feel. We are recording this the night or the afternoon after the Raptors fall in, I want to say, heartbreaking fashion to the Washington Wizards. It's kind of a weird game to take in, especially when you're this close to the lottery again i don't know how to take this game but we should probably talk about this joining me today is as usual (laughs) our wonderful producer jason and my wonderful co-host dre how are you guys doing i believe as since our last recording all three of us are now officially vaccinated where's that air horn you man i didn't have it ready this time jeez (laughs) what are you doing (laughs) dre how you doing man good good um the Raptors are doing their thing. We're going to get into it in a second. I'm I'm not mad, and, and you shouldn't be mad either. I mean, this, this is okay. This is going to be all right. Jay, how are you doing? That's true. Yep. As as Jay mentioned, I did get vaccinated yesterday, and I just have to shout out the the volunteers, the workers, and everybody who are, are going through the process of like helping all the citizens of Ontario try to get vaccinated because that process was easy peasy. So if anyone's out there is afraid or have been hearing some bad reviews or something like that about getting your vaccine just go for it. I, I, I guarantee you it was the easiest process ever. My wife and I went to go uh, do it at the same time. They actually called us in to do it earlier, parked, free parking, by the way, um, went inside, no lineup. And it was the easiest process. S- sat down, got my vaccine, sat down for another 15 minutes just to make sure that I didn't pass out or anything like that. And boom, there we go. Um, we are, all three of us are half vaccinated. Hopefully whoever's listening to it too is uh, vaccinated as well or at least about to so please do whenever you get a chance um as jay was mentioning the raptors unofficially officially i don't know how you would put it are out of the playoffs but before we go through all that welcome to that's a rap podcast a podcast by raptors fans for raptors fans you can follow us on twitter at that's a rap pod we do this rotation i know there's only five games left but we still do this rotation of all three of us going through the twitter accounts while the games are on so you can kind of talk to us communicate with us see your you know our reactions your reactions a lot of fun again there's only five games left but let's go through it man yesterday uh the raptors did go through like a kind of like a more dramatic game than it really needed to be <laughs> against uh our first overtime game uh although it was a loss to the wizards but i kind of want to go through the whole you know quote-unquote gauntlet schedule that we just uh kind of went through you know we faced the utah jazz brooklyn nets the uh clippers the lakers um and from the five game gauntlet schedule we only won one of them so one of five uh, that one game was versus the LA Lakers, and we'll get through that uh, that as well. But I honestly, I feel like arguably, arguably, we could have won at least three out of five. 
And if we won that the OT game versus Wizards, the chances of us going to the play-in tournament would be very, very high. Albeit, you know, we're in a situation right now. We're not officially out yet. Mathematically speaking, we're still in the runnings. But how do you guys feel? What did you guys feel about the one in five gauntlet schedule as well as the OT loss? Actually, I'd like to take this and actually reframe the question a bit here. Okay. Had the Raptors won three of five or four of five, because to your point, yes, all of them were were competitive and, and all could have been won. Had the Raptors won, had they been in a better position to claim a play-in spot, what actually makes you feel better? Does it make you feel better that, like, would you feel more inspired that the Raptors could succeed if they had made it into the play-in as a 10th or a 9th seed and, you know, try to make their way through the playoffs or Mm -hmm. where they currently are, where they were competitive in those games. Ultimately, they lost. And now they seem to be set on finishing somewhere in the seventh or eighth spot uh, based on draft lottery position. I mean, what what makes you feel better about the Raptors? Is is it more the the short termness of making the playoffs or the long term goal of possibly landing a a really solid pick in the draft. Dre, I'll throw that question over to you first. What, what, like, are you, I guess I'll reframe my reframing. Are you happy with or how this, how we are right now? Or would you have been happier had they won four or five? I mean, happy is a, is a weird word because I never want to say I'm happy that we're losing. Um, Good point. Good point. The way I'm content with where we are right now, because I, as I've said before, I don't view this team as a bust or something to be uh, deeply worried about. I feel like this is a good team that had a lot of bad luck and one massive strategic lull that we were trying to figure out for an entire half of the season, which was the five position and in return, rebounding, uh, defense in the key. It opened up a lot of problems, but I feel like we're in a better spot now just in general, yes, we lost those games, but they were considerably a gauntlet, as people have pointed out. I feel like if we don't make it and we're in a lottery position and we get a good player, that's really good for us. And not just because we get a good player, but because I would argue we're a good team getting a good player. And um, Fred Van Vliet said it the other day, we are the best worst team in NBA history. I don't know if that's for sure, but that's what it feels like where mm-hmm. we're not a good team on paper when it comes to like looking at the standings, the wins and losses, but we're not a, we're not a bad team at all. We, we're just, this 100%. is just circumstance. Yep. And I feel like, I feel like what's the point in pushing for playoff hopes, which I think are pretty much out of our reach at this point um, when we could take a good team and make them, even better. I don't know what's going to happen in the off season, but I feel like we're not going to be losing pieces like um, Van Fleet and Siakam and OG, unless they're a part of like a big trade, which I can only trust under Masai's hand would be a superstar trade. Um, something like Lowry, we still have to see, but in general, this is still a good team that just got bogged down by a lot of, um, Bad you luck. Know, bad really. luck and just bad decision making, which uh, at the end of the day, sometimes all you can make are bad decisions when you just don't have enough pieces. So I'm not perturbed with all of this. I feel like I feel like I was ready to not make the playoffs a very long time ago. Once we hit 500, 
we got like one game over and then we had that drought where we just tanked like 10 games behind 500 that's that's when i was like okay we're done for the season i've accepted that months ago so and that's when the that's when covid hit right that's when we lost yeah, that's coaches when... and players mm-hmm. that's exactly the point yeah so yeah, it's that like was you know. right right around the all-star uh break too so it was one of those like uh if there was any time there's never a good time to to uh, get this uh, virus of course but for for these players in order to you know hopefully go through the whole process of getting better you know what better time than all-star break and they kind of one one after the other more people started getting sick the coaches staff getting sick and and by that time we were like down 10 over 500 and but dre i totally agree with you and of course i mean we're going to agree with uh fred that we are the best worst team i don't think they're looking at a record right now 27 40 i don't think we are we are not as bad as the record shows we, I don't think we would be like, you know, the top three, like the 76ers, Nets, or Bucks, but I do feel like we are in the five, six range. Um, so I, there's, there's so many things that we could say. And I know we talked about last week about like, you know, the ifs or the buts and anything like that. But again, like what, how, what can you, what can you take out of a, a, a season where all the unpredictability of, having to move uh, to another city to play not in front of your fans, uh, to play not in front of your family, to play during a, a time where it's just like so much uh, uh, unknown. And then, you know, you get hit with all this, all this bad luck and all this stuff. And like, there's, you know, you can be on one side, you can be on the tanking side. This is good for the team or whatever like that. Or you can be on the, I will always be on the, let's be winning. I will always be at the let's go for it. Let's go for the play in tournament or whatever it is, or go for the playoffs. I will always be that. And from those five games on the road trip, as well as the OT loss, I feel like we played very well. Like I said, we arguably we could have won three out of five games. Like if we played uh, the, who was it? Like the, the Utah, or I guess the Utah jazz was probably the, the worst game. Uh, no, the Utah Jazz was a pretty good game. The Nuggets game was probably the worst game. Like we played a little bit better in the fourth quarter against the Utah Jazz. Played a little bit better in the, against the Clippers uh, in in the fourth quarter, and then we played just a little bit better in the overtime game uh, against the Wizards. I mean, we could have been in such a better position, but here we are. And I'm never. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm happy the fact that we're not in the play-in tournament, but I'm not going to sit here and also say that you know what this season sucked because I think we have a good team, man. Jay, what about you, brother? Yeah, I would actually want a bit of clarification on a couple of things there. Well, first of all, I think they could have won all five games. The 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 final score in the Denver game is it, it kind of masks the fact that the Raptors were actually playing better than the Jazz for three quarters. It really came down to that fourth quarter where where Nick Nurse very oddly started out an all bench unit that just plummeted the team and, and killed the rest of the game. But you could also argue that that's part of the tanking strategy. Um, all the other games, they did come down to the end, and they were very much winnable. As it pertains to the possibility of this being the best worst team, I've got numbers. So Ooh. when when we're looking at a team, I think that a, a really good indicator of how good a team is, is, is as simple as it may sound, is their point differential. And the Raptors still have a positive point differential, meaning over the average of the season, their average margin of, of victory is actually positive right now meaning they've scored more than they've given up despite mm. being, what are we at now? Uh, 13 games under 500. 
So Mm -hmm. Blake Murphy has done a bit of research on this and, you know, among teams with records with a point differential that's positive, but with a record below 500, the Raptors currently have the worst record of any team in NBA history with a positive point differential. So all they have to do to quote unquote clinch this worst best team or best worst team (laughs) is they only have to lose three of their final five games. So if they do that, if they only win two of their final five games, their win percentage will be lower than 41.5%, which is the old record held by the 1976-77 Phoenix Suns. And also they have to lose and still maintain that that positive point differential. By by my calculations, I believe it is overall in the season, the Raptors are a plus 22. So, you know, you combine two wins, three losses, a point differential somewhere, you know, less than plus 22. Then there you go. They're and the best and also team. take out the f- take out the fact that we aren't we haven't been healthy for the majority of the season. How many times I can probably count after the All Star break? How many times the core four have played together? Lowry and Anobi, Siak and Fred VanVleet. I just feel like the amount of games that at least one or maybe two, possibly three of them haven't played together, and we're still positive. Uh. I mean, Fred Van Vliet was speaking facts that we are the best worst team in the NBA because we haven't even played together at all. Agreed. Mm. And I believe the in terms of man games lost, this is a stat that we always loved looking at last year when the Raptors were just decimated with injury. Uh, the Raptors, I think last year the Raptors were the hardest hit by, by, by man games lost. This season they are third. So in terms of like number of games they've lost, players who've been out, impact on wins, they are they've been hit the third hardest than than any other team in the NBA. So, you know, combine that again with with all the the, the points that, that Dre was pointing out with like the move and the untimely injuries and the way it just all hit at the same time. It was this perfect storm of of bad luck for the Raptors. But I think the the takeaway from all this, the reason why we're being so uplifting about these close losses is that it actually is a good indicator of the future. It, it is a mm-hmm. a great indicator of what this Raptors team could be when they're all healthy, right? We saw it with, and I, and I apologize if I'm kind of going a little bit, stepping on a tangent here, but like, you know, we, we see, we've seen the offensive development of OG Ananobi. We've seen in spurts, Fred, uh, sorry, Malachi Flynn becoming the next Fred Van Vliet. We've seen Fred Van Vliet score 54 points in a game and claim the, that franchise record. Like we've seen so many spurts of this. We've seen how, Birch can uplift this team as a center. And I, I think it was uh, Bobby Marks of ESPN who said that that's easily the best buyout signing of the season. And it doesn't even, mm-hmm. it's not even for a team that's in the playoffs right now. So lots of good signs here. And and I think that regardless of the losses, it, it's, it really does paint a, a really positive picture for the Raptors in 2021, 2022. I, again, I'm not, I'm not perturbed. I feel like you've got a bright road ahead. It's just one of those seasons are going to happen. It happened to everyone. Um, we didn't have home court. We got hit by COVID. We were doing really well when we didn't have any COVID numbers. And then we got one of the worst outbreaks um, in the league at, at one given time. So we just had a lot of things going on. But if you look at it this way, Pascal is looking more like his, his former self. Uh, you know, the occasional lull of a game. But every every person not named Kobe, LeBron, or 
or Kawhi, or even Kawhi's had some duds this season, actually. So not many people can like not have an off night. So, um, so that's fine. Uh, Lowry's still general. Van Vliet's looking better than ever. Uh, people were questioning if he was going to be an all-star. Like, we don't have much to worry about, in my opinion. Right now, it doesn't look great. But if you look at the grander scheme of things instead of individual mm-hmm. games, I think we're going to be all right. Yeah. I mean, and I think one of the biggest things, the, the biggest thing in, in my books is not playing in Toronto. I mean, yesterday, um, when Josh Lundberg asked uh, Nurse and Pascal about the booing in at your home court and pascal was like we felt we've been on the road all year so i don't think it's something new you kind of get caught like oh where are we but we're kind of used to it like let's be uh, honestly speaking if we played if the raptors played that season with boston um last in the last playoffs in toronto i feel like we would have gotten away with that win if the raptors played in toronto this season i feel like we would have been a playoff team there's a huge difference when it comes to playing in your home in your own arena in your comfort zone so i feel like if possible i'm i'm holding phase i'm not saying that we will and i've had conversation with you guys i'm gonna have conversation with christine um that that i think that I'm hoping that Toronto will play in Toronto. <laughs> I hope the Raptors will play in Toronto, but I'm not holding my breath. I just feel like that is a huge catalyst when it comes to performance because, you know, the Raptors have been playing on the road 72 times this season, and it probably takes a toll, you know? Now, looking on the other side, looking at the, the Tank Nation side, if you will, let me give you some numbers as well, Jay. The draft odds via Tank Nation or Tankathon is there is we have the Raptors have a seven to eight percent chance of getting the one the first overall to the fourth overall pick so one two three or four pick seven point eight chance about getting all any of those four now we don't have any chances for the five or six but we do have a nineteen to thirty five percent chance of getting either the seventh or eighth pick it's been a while since we've been excited or been looking at our future via via the lottery balls but you know it, it's kind of exciting at the at the end of the day like we had maybe like 60 or who was our last lottery pick was it joey graham oh man was it, no, it was uh was purtle one uh yeah in terms Pirtle? of lottery yeah i think so yeah Oh man! Wow. You should have told it's, me this that, beforehand, that was, man. I, I would have had this ready for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's another yeah, thing it, to I'll keep be... in to keep in mind is let's look at one of the greatest draft nights of all time: uh, the LeBron, Melo, Bosh, Wade. The number two spot. I don't even remember the guy's name. Milicic. Uh, yeah, Darko. Yeah. Darko. Uh, but Darko. that year, that year, the Pistons won the championship. Which, let's be honest, wasn't because of Darko. So. You never know. Like, it could be just a team assembled with a key piece. The key thing we have to do is uh, let's let's sign Bosch, Wade, or Mello and not do a Milicic. Let's not do that. We can use this opportunity really well. But, but I feel like we're in that position where we're a team with a lot of promise with that, that just needs that final piece. Yeah. And, and you know, you, you were right about um, Pirtle being the last – lottery pick that the the raptors had and you know the, obviously that worked out in terms of like what what the raptors were able to get for Pirtle. but yeah there's there's definitely exciting times and we're, we're, we're gonna dive into this 
in future pods about, you know, as we get closer to the draft lottery, which is on June 22nd, and, you know, talk about who the Raptors could possibly target for the Ju- July 29th draft. But right now, it's it's really just keeping an eye on the standings, right? And the numbers that you threw out there, uh, Jason, it, it, they probably won't change much because right now the Raptors are currently sitting two and a half games ahead or behind, however you want to look at that, uh, of the Sacramento Kings for the ninth spot. So the what I'm trying to get at is it looks like the Raptors are, they definitely don't have enough to catch any of the, the, the bottom six. So it really is just seven or eight, right? And right now mm-hmm. they, they are uh, one loss. They have one extra loss than the Bulls, but the Bulls have an extra game to quote unquote lose. And the, the part that I still need to clarify, and I think, from what I read is the case is that even if, so if the Raptors and the Bulls end up tied in my mind, typically goes to, okay, well who won the season series, right? But I believe if they're tied, it does not go by season series. There's actually a, a, a draw, a tiebreaker draw for who gets the, the, the better pick. I'm hoping it doesn't come to that. Kind of like where the, when the Raptors and the golden state warriors were like flipping coins for Terrence Ross and, yeah. Uh yeah. Harrison Barnes. Yeah, right? yeah. I think that was like 13 and 14 or something like that. Which which to me it's it's kind of unfair because I'm thinking if we use uh head to head as the tiebreaker for playoffs, why can't we do that for lottery? Uh so it's unfortunate because the Raptors did lose the season series to the Bulls, but the Bulls could still ultimately win the tiebreaker because of a coin flip. I don't know. I that doesn't sit well with me, and I'm hoping that I've interpreted the rules incorrectly, but I guess what we're we're hoping for as Raptors fans, since we are now changing the mindset from going to the play-in to going to the lottery, is I guess just hope that the Raptors continue losing. And here's the thing: is the Bulls are going are playing actually in the opposite direction. They could mm-hmm. have easily just continued to sit Levine for the rest of the season. He was coming back from health and safety protocols. They could have easily sat Vucevic for the remainder of the season. He's bat- been battling a uh, an injury of his own. But they're playing them both, meaning they're trying to win. So I don't know what they're hoping to gain because they are just as far out of the playoff picture as the Raptors are. But go ahead, keep trying to win because <laughs> that just they're just handing the Raptors the seventh spot, which is probably the best spot that they can take at this point. Well, the Bulls have one more game. So they have six games left. And I believe they're in the same boat as we are. That they're just watching the standings, and I don't know how, how. What is their schedule like? They got Celtics, Pistons, Nets, Raptors, Nets, Bucks. So their the schedule is not very easy as well. Um, it it I, I think it kind of depends on at this moment. I feel like what what the Pacers are going to do because I feel that Pacers are falling off pretty hard, especially with the whole Nate Bjorken situation. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but but that's, you know, that's still that's that's a four game difference they got to make up in six games. That's true. Like that's that's just six too games. much, man. No, no matter so how bad go. it the, is in Indiana, the 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 put it this way: the Raptors are still not out of the play. From this recording, from May seventh, the Raptors are still in it, mathematically speaking. There has to be a lot of leaps and bounds that we have to go through. Like we have to win the next five games, the Washington or the Pacers have to lose the next six games or something like that. So. It's most likely looking like we are out of the playoffs, but you know, the, if we if we come back next week, Raptors fans, you come back, we'll talk about it. We might we either be you know extremely excited or we'll start talking about the playoffs without the Raptors. Now, I wanted to uh, touch on one more thing before we get into the break. The Enigma of pa- Pascal Siak. Okay, 
he is lately at least our number one guy and i just feel like there is like a medium spice and a mild spice when it comes to pascal you have to have to take the the good and the bad when it comes to pascal however i I feel like in the past at least three games he scored he's he's been our number one guy by far 39 points against lakers 24 points against the clippers and a career best 44 against the Washington Wizards. He's averaging from the last three games, 41 minutes and a 29.4 usage percentage, which is ranked number 32 in player uses from the last five games. Now, what is it about Siakam's game that brings the ugly side of Raptors fans? Is it just him, uh, you know, maybe those miscues at the end of the game? Is it those, uh, those... End of game situations or the non buzzer beaters that that he's whiffed at, you know, like is it what is it? Because he's been playing solid basketball, but sometimes the negative outweigh the positive when it comes to Raptor fans. Like, is there something about Pascal's game that like us Raptor fans just can't get clash on to? I feel like when it comes to scapegoats, because the NBA has a lot of scapegoats. I feel like when it comes to scapegoats, part of it is how the player plays. So the lapses in judgments, the turnovers late in the game, the the missed buzzer beaters, all of that stuff. So that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter when he plays really well because that stuff lingers in people's minds. But the other part of it, and this is completely out of the control of said player, is all circumstantial. So in Siakam's case, he was touted as the number one option as soon as Kawhi left. And he was going to be the new face of the franchise. He was the Pippin to, to Kawhi's Jordan. So it was like this big promise when, when he left. And he was looking really good up until the All-Star break. And he was actually um, a starting selection. And he made, you know, the, the All-NBA. So um, it's once that amount of pressure and expectation is placed on somebody and then they start missing. And then they start having these these bad decisions. I feel like, you know, if it's something like that, or like why why do why do we all hate Bernardi so much? Was he really that bad? I'd argue no, but it's because of the expectation. No. The expectation mm-hmm. made him seem so bad. If Anthony Bennett wasn't a number one pick, if he was like in the second round, I don't think anyone would care. If Lonzo Ball was drafted 15th. I don't think anyone would care. They wouldn't give him a hard time. But it's because he was mm-hmm. drafted second and he just hasn't played as a second outside of that game the other day when he shot like 33 and whatever. It's because of these expectations. Now you have instances where a player is pure crap, like a Rougeau, where then it's like there's no coming back. But And this, is, this goes with Aaron Baines as well, who I've been very hard on. I was hard on him because we lost two centers and we needed the person to, to come in and make sure that we didn't tank at that position. And unfortunately, that's just what happened with him, you know, despite his best efforts, his occasional boneheaded moves. But the point is, if he was our, our backup, I don't think we would hate him nearly as much. And the same thing with Siakam. If Siakam was still a third option next to Kawhi, next to Lowry, and he was making these decisions. What happened when he missed both foul shots in um in that game against the like the game seven? Like, uh, well, we ended up winning, so of course it would have been really bad. And that's the other thing: uh, playoffs also bring another level of expectation. But 
in general, I feel like it's a lot of expectation that brings this out. And part of it is what the players can do, but a lot of it's on us as well, where we forget that this is, you know, a game overall. It's a day at the office for these guys. But for us, it's like a religion or it's uh, like that idiot who bet his his mansion on the Trailblazers. Like it, it's like for stupid reasons, <laughs> it is really the life of some people. So we put so much stock into this that we forget that people are prone to to mistakes. Have we not filed the wrong things at work? You know, like it it, it happens and a lot of it's on us. I'm going to try to pin this on one thing, even though it's not on one thing. It's the contract. We paid him like an, a max guy. Yeah. That's, that's, well, that's the expectation. Yeah. That's the expectation. Yeah, that's the expectation, right? Like if, if he got the same contract as Fred Van Vliet, he's not getting as much flack, right? It's, it's a money thing. And I think that's, that's totally unfair because he's playing out of his mind. And, and I, I, I feel like, a broken record that I have to keep reminding people that he just learned how to play basketball 10 years ago, that he's only in his fifth NBA season, his, his meteoric rise over his second and third season was incredible. And we see, we saw it leak into his fourth season too, with the way he started out last season. So this expectation that someone is going to keep rising at that rate is totally unreasonable. If he didn't have that rise in the beginning of the of, of last season and he just kind of dropped off to around about this level post Kawhi, this is kind of what you would expect, right? Someone who's trying to learn to be the number one, going to have some some mistakes here and there. But it's, it really is unfortunate that that is what folks are going to focus on, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Bradley Beal missed a free throw in the final minute that could have iced the game for the Wizards. No one's talking about that. Because they ultimately won. And Siakam played as hard as he could. He was a beast in overtime. He absolutely manhandled Bertans and Hutchinson and whoever they threw at him. But no one's going to focus on that. They're going to focus on the three missed free throws in the final minutes of overtime in fourth quarter. And that's not fair to him because he played his ass off and had a career-high tying best 44 points. But that is all people are going to focus about. They want to focus on the wins and the losses. And that's not fair to a person who is as really as phenomenal as Siakam is. So I'm, you know, I'm kind of going to go back to what you were saying earlier, Jason, about, you know, this this hope that the Raptors get to play at Scotiabank Arena. Because I got to tell you, the ovation for him when when he's on the floor is going to be like, you're you're gonna lose your hearing because yep. it's going to be incredible. It's it's about a year and a half in the making. He's going to get his flowers. So you know, just I just want to fast forward to that time because right now it's just I'm not feeling it from from some Raptors fans, and I'm kind of glad that I've curated my timeline to not hear them. I'm only hearing about it from hearing about it from others. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. um, you you keep doing you, Siakam. You're 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 on a good path, man. Yeah. Most of the time, people are going to look at the end result and not realize, you know, how did we get there? And they're just going to think about, oh, that last missed three-pointer from Siakam, of course, right? Typical Siakam or something. But they don't realize, listen, if it wasn't for Siakam, I don't know if we would be in this situation right now. So you got to have to take the the goo with the, with the bad. And honestly, most of the time, it's very, very 
very good with Pascal. All right. Sorry, so, I'm going to bring up one part, one part. One, sorry. Yeah, uh, one part for I it. forgot to mention, and that is about last night's game. It's very easy to also, uh, you know, wonder why was it Siakam that was taking the last second shot when you've got Trent out there, you've got Van Vliet to take that shot. I'm going to actually point the finger over to, I believe it was Birch, and I forgot who else was on the court there. I think it might have been Stan. Uh, neither of them went to inbound the ball. You're supposed to inbound. You don't want Trent Jr. to be inbounding the ball. He is possibly mm-hmm. your shooter in this this point. Yeah. At 3.9 seconds with no timeouts left, should have been get him. your asses to inbound. I'm going to probably point out it should have been Stan, but neither of like it should not have been Trent inbounding that ball it shouldn't have been Van Vliet mm-hmm. it shouldn't have been Siakam like someone get on that and that was a lapse in judgment and you know ultimately mm-hmm. Siakam ends up being the scapegoat yeah I believe it was Trent who inbounded the ball it was supposed to go to Fred but then there was double teaming on Fred so Pascal uh curled around grabbed the basketball and because Trent and Fred were in the backcourt uh all three of the Wizards kind of caved in on Pascal which forced him to take that three and I think think there was like 2.7 seconds left so yeah if there was a timeout I'm sure Nick Nurse would have uh played that um really uh phenomenal play in like the back screen into the corner three or something like that uh but you know that you know them's the breaks right so and you can you can tell even after that three-point miss from Siakam like uh Fred was laughing about it Siakam was laughing about it I mean you know you kind of it was such a good game. It was a really good game that came down to a pretty crappy three-point look. I mean, that's that's how it is. That's basketball, right? So, all right, there you have it, Raptors fans. Let us know how you felt about that gauntlet schedule. We went 105. Easily could have been 305 or even 405. And as well as an OT loss. What do you guys think about with Pascal? Do you think he's going to be the number one guy next season, even though he should be? And he is our number one guy this season. But let's take a break. We'll come back and you know, let's talk about the playing tournament. Apparently, LeBron James doesn't approve of it, but we'll talk about that. Talk to you guys soon. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.
Speaking of LeBron James, so we'll get into it in a second. Uh, what you just heard was a sneak preview of Space Jam 2, which is basically just yet another product placement. So that's basically the equivalent of the same thing. So moving on, uh, let's get to LeBron James, shall we? Hey, oh, by the way, Dre, I'm watching a Green Book and it's really not at all very good. Or it's not a bad movie, but it it's should not, not be considered. Picture. No, not even Colo. I feel like it takes a lot of crap though because it won Best Picture. It's kind of like the Anthony Bennett of Oscar winners. Okay, so it's they not that won- bad. It's the uh, <laughs> it's the uh, the Andrew Wiggins of uh, okay the Anthony Bennett of Best Picture winners is uh, the greatest show on earth. Which if you don't know what that is, look it up and you'll you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But okay, uh, it's it, it's more like the Andrew Wiggins. It's good, but like come on now. Like, yeah, let's let, we know what we're here for. Let's be, you know, let's be real. Uh, yeah, but, but Mahershala is amazing. All right, yes, welcome back to the babe. Sorry, uh, let's continue. <laughs> that too. Welcome back to That's a Rap podcast, a podcast by fans, for fans, and obviously movie lovers as well. So, in the beginning of the episode, we talked about the Raptors road trip, the loss to the Wizards, and basically, you know, curtain calls. That's probably the the season for the Raptors but that's okay because we can take a lot of positives out of this season now I want to get into the season that is still left um LeBron James Space Jam 2 star he thinks that the playing tournament is trash no. he 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 was asked by reporters about the playing tournament and basically he said whoever came up with that should be fired with you know explicits and stuff but I feel like this is very interesting because I'm pretty sure the NBA PA approved of it. I'm sure LeBron James has a, a, a key hand when it comes to NBA PA's decisions. And I feel like for a lot of people and, you know, fans alike, as well as players alike, I feel like this playing tournament is actually a really good idea because the last couple of seasons, a lot of people have been complaining about, you know, players not really or teams not really caring about the regular season it's all about the playoffs but now it gives other teams a chance to play competitive basketball at the end of the season and i feel like for lebron and i guess the lakers in in that for that matter if you're not in the tournament you love it if you if you have to play in a tournament you probably don't like it or other way around i really don't know no so i want to ask you guys do you like the fact that there is a playing tournament? Knowing that your Raptors and our Raptors are probably not going to be in it. Do you still like the fact that there is a playing tournament or are you a traditionalist? Do you like the would you like it to go back to normal and have 8v8? Wait, can we comment on what LeBron said first? Like Of course. Of okay, course you can. Because I think that's important. I think a lot of people forget that LeBron James is as much of a businessman as he is a player. And uh just uh Random question: Have either of you watched the game show he produces, The Wall? I've seen bits of it. No, yeah. but I do watch yeah, the yeah. shop. No, I haven't seen it. Uh, okay, the game itself, I'm pretty sure, is is it's all chance based outside of the trivia. But it, like the way that everyone talks to one another, is so scripted. It's beyond belief. What I'm saying is, LeBron James has obviously always been careful with his words. When they won the championship, the Lakers last last season, people were commenting, "What's he going to say this time?" Is he going to say he brought it home for, for Kobe? Because that's what he said to Cleveland. Uh, is he going to say this? But then he said, it's uh, I, I deserve my damn respect or whatever he said. People cling on to the stuff that he says. So when Giannis won MVP last year and LeBron said he won MVP, 
okay, that's fine. I think I, I deserved it, but that's fine. It's because deep down, he knew that he could have won, and he did. That's the thing. He speaks a lot, but he also has the cojones to be able to pull off what he's trying to achieve. But that's the thing. He speaks a lot. So people have pointed out when he brought up his ankle saw 100%. What does that mean? Well, if the Lakers don't do well, now they know why. If they do do well, he overcame his, his struggle. Mm. When it comes to this, what is he saying? Well, in this chance, or there's, there are chances in, in this situation that he's basically saying the Lakers are in six. They were looking like they could have been in sevens. Um, but they're I tied think they're, with Portland right now. Exactly. I think they're still in six or whatever right now. Um, mm-hmm. And basically, he doesn't like the fact that he would have to partake in the play-in tournament. Or if, if he did and they made it out, he overcame. If they didn't, well, then the whole thing was stupid because LeBron said so. So he picks his words very carefully because why did he not bring this up at the start of the season? He didn't. And when it came to the tournament, which I know is very different in the playoffs last season, I I believe he said it was a good idea. I know it was different because that was the bubble. That was a bubble. That's a bit different. So I'm not going to say it's the same thing. It's not the same thing. However, this is a shortened season and there has to be a caveat. And this is that caveat. So I feel like, I feel like with LeBron, you have to really, really try and figure out why he says what he says. Um, that that's basically it. I'll get into my thoughts in the actual play in, but I just wanted to get that off my chest. I don't know if either of you want to add more stuff or if either of you want to start talking about the play in itself. Yeah. As, as you mentioned, man, J- LeBron James did say, well, last year the Lakers were number one. And when asked about the play in tournament in, for the bubble, he says, and I quote, you got Portland, you got Memphis, New Orleans, Sacramento tinkering around there. So if there's a five or 10 games left, why not have those guys battle it out? Make them play each other all five games. So it looks like he was very down to be in a tournament, mainly because he's on the top of his throne. Yeah, I got. Yeah, I was I was looking for that quote, so I'm glad you found it. But yeah, that's that that perfectly points it out, right? I mean, he's because he's in this position. That's why he's complaining. He wasn't last year, so he wasn't. So boohoo for you. Uh, now I'm kind of hoping that <laughs> we are all wrong because all three of us, to be honest. Before the season started, we all picked the Lakers to repeat as champions. I yeah. will speak for myself here, but I'm very much down for them being out before the playoffs even start. Wow, you think it's going to be that bad? <laughs> no, well, no, no, no. I'm not saying it will happen. I'm just saying I'm I'm now cheering for that. Like I'm now yeah, I want to see them out. What's very strange is this is more what I was predicting last year. Remember when I said there was a chance that the Lakers could not even make the playoffs at all because of injury? This is what's happening now. So. I guess it's mm-hmm. a year too late, but I guess your I wasn't dead wrong. <laughs> your prophecy is coming yeah. true. <laughs> Not that I want but it like, to happen. The Lakers are are built around LeBron and and AD for you know a kind of. But if you take out LeBron from a Lakers a team, it's like playing with uh you know the a basketball team without the head of a snake. And if you now that LeBron is still sidelined. It, the fact that he they have to play in the playing tournament is a real possibility right now as we speak both portland who is in the seventh place and the lakers have a 37 to 29 record so the fact that if the lakers drop down to seventh they might have to play a golden state warriors team for the seventh spot in that a would, do or die game like not not do or die <laughs> but like in a one game play in playoff against the no Curry, shit who is lebron doesn't want to do it yeah that 
so i mean as a fan this is great <laughs> this is so great great drama or lebron james no but i don't i don't know lebron just personally neither of us do but i'm sure he doesn't he just wants to cruise into the playoffs that he's done his entire career so the fact that he is put in a position where you have to play a do or die tournament against uh stephen curry who is playing lights out historical numbers and who can win you a game in a in a you know winner take all kind of atmosphere hell no lebron doesn't want to he doesn't want to take those odds like even though i'm not going to bet against lebron he doesn't want to take those odds just because like you know he's been so used to playing in the playoffs as it is 8v8 eastern western conference so yeah like traditionalists i understand like you like why tinker with tradition but this just gives you more opportunity for better and more competitive basketball from the lesser known teams like the western conference you're gonna have teams that are are one through 12 maybe not 12 sacramento is not that good but one through 11 okay they're pretty damn good you look at the east they're kind of garbage so the the fact that you you have the bulls and the wizards and the pacers like it's not you know as competitive but it still gives these uh fan bases uh something to cheer for by the end of the season because let's be real the last couple of years you know you get to the end of the season there's five games left it's like a like nobody's playing anymore. No one really cares, right? So these this end of the game end of the season tournament gives a chance for these lesser known players, these younger players, these lesser known teams to have a chance to play. And could you imagine? Could you just imagine if and a tenth seed gets into that eighth seed and upsets the first seed? That storyline in itself is worth it. Don't you agree? Let's let's take that a bit further, actually, and, and stick with the theme of LeBron here, right? So let's just say the Portland Trailblazers, who I believe there's a game against the Lakers to decide who wins that season series coming up. I believe it's tonight. Uh, that's going to be exciting in itself. But let's just hypothesize here that the Lakers eventually drop into that play-in, right? Here's the possibility that could happen. They could lose a, a, a play-in game for the seventh spot against the Warriors, but that does not eliminate them. They would still drop to that eighth there. versus ninth game, right? Mm-hmm. But there really is a possibility here that the Lakers could lose the sixth spot to Norm Powell and the Blazers. They could lose the eighth <laughs> spot to I see where you're going to to Valanchunas and and the Grizzlies and they could lose and be dropped out of the playoffs by DeMar DeRozan and the Spurs so the the Raptor ties to taking out <laughs> LeBron bit by bit I am salivating at that opportunity yeah that that would be that'd be incredible yeah you're right Jay the the Lakers and Portland Trail Blazers are playing tonight uh, and then the Lakers have to play the Suns after, and then the Knicks after. Their end of the schedule, those last three games are pretty kind of a cakewalk uh, against the Rockets, the Pacers, and the Pelicans. But those first three games coming up right now, that's a that's a doozy. Julius Randle revenge game, maybe? There, there you go. Let's look at some other ones, man. Like, look at the... So, okay, the possibility of Golden State versus either portland or lakers and then that spurs versus grizz nine and ten spot that's 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 quite interesting that's quite JV interesting versus if, Demar. if you look at the eastern conference you got the heat versus the the hornets for seven and eight that's 
actually a, a lot more competitive than I think it would be. The the Wizards versus Pacers, I don't know, but the it's more of like the the last season, like right? The the Bulls and the Raptors, if they can get into the 10th seed, I see I think that's gonna be quite interesting. But that could you imagine if the Heat, the last year's uh finals contenders are out of the playoffs? That'd be oh, interesting. Goodness, I hope not. Out of the East, I feel like it's gonna be um I think there's going to be a second game that's going to be between the Hornets and and the Wizards and the Wizards could actually, I feel like the Wizards are going to be potentially the only team on either side to crawl up from underneath the eighth seed into the playoffs. I don't think that's going to happen on the West, Um, Mm. but the Wizards have that shot. The Wizards are, are going crazy. Like Russ is having yet another, and we've said this time and time again, not just us, but in general, he's having another historic season. Like he is one triple double away from Oscar Robertson, which I could swear I looked yeah. at this like two weeks ago and it's like, oh, he's like maybe 12 games behind or something. But like just somehow this season, he's accumulated yet another average of triple doubles. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, like, Jesus. yeah, it's incredible. So, it's incredible. I, I feel like with him and Beal on fire, the team's finally gelling. I feel like they're going to be. I feel like they're going to win that play-in tournament. So that's going to be really exciting to actually see a team do it. And I feel like they will do it. If both sides just don't, then it'll kind of feel like a waste of time, you know? So I'm hoping that there's at mm-hmm. least one. one Here's thing I- another storyline that I was wondering to see if any of you guys can uh, bring up. When do you think the last time neither the Lakers and the Boston Celtics were in the play? Has there ever been a time? Um, do you have the answer? Or are you quizzing? I us? don't have the answer. I'm asking. I'm asking. <laughs> okay, let's Google. No, I would yeah. say it's probably not that long ago. Huh. No, actually, no. Interesting, because the the Boston Celtics are in the exact same position as the Lakers, so they are tied right now with the Miami Heat at 35 and 31 record. Uh, the possibility, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but the possibility of both the Lakers and the Boston Celtics having to play for their lives. Because they're in a play-in tournament. Actually, yeah, it's, uh, it's just 2013-14 for when they yeah. both missed. Yeah. So oh, okay. It's not so it's that, that long ago. ago. But then yeah, again, like before then, I get the I get the, the the feeling there, right? Because almost every other season prior to that, it was one or the other was in there, right? But right. Um, you know, the, the the thought of of Boston actually dropping, like you flip, because they have the same record as the Heat right now, right? Yeah. If you flip flop those two teams. Because again, Jalen Brown's out, right? Yeah. They they definitely could mm-hmm. lose ground on on the Heat here. That has a domino effect of creating two interesting matchups. So if we flip flop Boston and Miami, then we have a Boston Charlotte Hornets play in for That'll the seventh spot, dynamic. which is very intriguing from the former Celtics being on the Terry Hornets here. Ooh, baby. Um, and then it also would bring Miami into that sixth seed and a first round date with the Bucks. Do you think the Bucks want to face the Heat Ooh. in the oh, first round? Giannis might that be out in the first round because look what happened last year. Giannis is going to double, triple tape his ankles <laughs> if they're going to face the Heat. But speaking of which, the Heat and the Celtics are playing a back-to-back Sunday and Tuesday. Wow. So the implications of you know the, the seedings are... Right now, they're not set in stone, of course. But it, there could be a lot of shuffling going around, and the the just just the it's like the NBA is basically a live action soap soap opera, you know. <laughs> like there's there's drama here, there's there's 
storylines there and when it comes to this playing tournament it just gives the even throw a wrench in there it's it's fantastic it's fantastic drama i would i would wish that the raptors are in there too because i know that any team does not want to face especially in a winner take all scenario i don't think they want to face the raptors but you know they they're again they're not mathematically out uh is there any other storylines that we're missing jay dre it's funny how we didn't even talk about the top of either of the conferences. I think that should be the focus really over this final week, right? Yes, there will be jockeying for who is going to have the 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 best record in the NBA because right now it is only a, a one game difference between the Jazz and the Suns. But yeah, to to what we've been talking about for the last several minutes, the excitement right now is in that play-in tournament. Mm-hmm. And I think that in that respect, the NBA was successful in implementing this play-in tournament that these teams have Agreed stayed relatively competitive till the second last week of the season. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to how these last few games play out. Um, and then we'll, we'll kind of dive into this next week in terms of what, what will happen during those play-ins because we'll have a better answer of which teams will be there, but also start to hypothesize about what the playoffs will look like. Cause right now there's just a whole bunch of like, there's a big jumble there in teams at, at various positions in various conferences. So like, um, this should be a very exciting next week, even if the Raptors are are currently out of it. If you if you want to take this from a Raptors lens, you know it's maybe they they win a few, maybe they lose a few, but I think what you should really be paying attention to is that is the player development. Right now is the time not to mm-hmm. care about wins and losses. Well, losses if you do want that seven spot in the in the lottery, but really you know make sure that you're you're paying attention to how Siakam is developing as a a fourth quarter scorer, how OG is developing as an individual score if he does play again this season. How Malachi Flynn will continue to exude confidence as as the the next man up if if Lowry were to leave. How how Birch is fitting in as as a center possibly of the future. How Gary Trent is fitting in as that Norm Powell of the future. So lots of things to look forward to over these last five games as as a Raptors fan. Hundred percent. All those storylines for Raptors perspective is fantastic and even better storylines when it comes to that play in tournament. We'll come to you next week. We'll have a better idea of what's happening. We'll probably pick our favorites of who's going to win that play in tournament. And then I think the week after, or maybe we should do it that week. I'm not, I'm not quite sure, but I think we might do like a little bit of a, a draw out of a hat, which team that we are going to choose from, from the hat to see uh, who we're going to cheer for, for the entire playoffs. It'll be interesting. I hope uh, Dre gets the New York Knicks. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> I hope it'd be whatever team you pick. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. All right. Well, until then, Dre, where can we find your brother? Uh, not in New York. Uh, you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Andreas Babs, and you can follow my film editorial and review website, Films Fatale, F-I-L-M-S, F-A-T-A-L-E dot com, no spaces. Um, I just released my uh, 100 films that I feel like were the, the groundbreaking films between 1878 and 1919 to create what we know as cinema. Um, also, we have our podcast on there called The K-Cut where our last episode that's coming up in a couple of days will be about uh, some of our favorite documentaries. So you should check that out. Also, there's nothing wrong with New York. I think it's a fine city um, and state. Uh, Jay, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Rosalisaurus. You can find my weekly article, The Wrap-Up, on Raptors HQ, which is where you're finding this podcast. The Wrap-Up has its final edition of the season on Monday. Uh, crying emoji 
and <laughs> I've been predicting games all all year long, and I'm slowly making it back to 500. Uh, you know, a shameless plug here. I did predict a Wizards two point win. So if you want more of these random predictions, and I will probably predict losses, uh, check me out on Raptors HQ. <laughs> uh, so that's me, Jason. Over to you. Well, Jay, you have a better record than the Raptors, at least. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you could you could follow all of us on Twitter at That's Rep Pod. Again, as I mentioned before, we kind of do this rotation when it comes to the basket. When it comes to Raptors games, we'll all take a turn. Uh, doing the Raptors game so you can communicate with us uh, and you can find my work on uh, other podcasts such as Marker's Journey, York University, uh, President's Lounge Podcast as well as The Great Indoors but until next time Raptor fans we feel you I know the curtain's closing a little bit but we're not exactly out yet probably when we come back and we talk about it next week we'll probably be out but that's okay because I guess we have the other half of Tag Nation loving this for the Raptors but until next time everybody that's a wrap <laughs>